Just for Sailor. Oh, hello. <laughs> Welcome to the Circle of Dads, the space for sharing stories about the struggles and triumphs of fatherhood and learning to become better men. that I've, has been doing my program literally has been doing Poser Kids since the very first school we ever went to downtown Fort Worth, Suntown, Sundance Montessori. And he was three, two, three at the time. And he came up and I think it was actually at a camp that Abby was at too, your daughter. And Preston comes up to me and in the morning, you know, we kind of are playing Legos and just kind of waiting for, you know, parents like, sure. like you to drop off the kids and get going. And playing music always, you know, kind of get get things going in the morning. Preston comes up to me. He's like, Mr. Mateo, you play really girly music. <laughs> and just kind of walked off. And I, I, I was like, you know, I, I, I think we, we uh, as fathers of girls, I, I think, we, we, you know, we, we, what a great sort of softening uh, uh rounding of the edges that that we go through i think and and are blessed to go through as as dads specifically girl dads uh, i think you know that 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 feminine side um and it's super cool to see like so you know here's this here's this mini barbarian very masculine strong guy that and then just to see the softy that you've always been with your daughter it's you know what a perfect example you know yeah, I I do know, and it's funny you say about the um, about the music, because there was music that I would just completely roll my eyes at before. I'm yeah, like, I'm like, oh God, that is terrible. Oh, yeah. um, there there is music still that I think is just completely and absolutely ridiculous. But uh, if Justin Bieber songs come on now, they're yeah. they're burned in my brain. No shame, and no shame, there. none at all. You know, it's a freaking dance party in our truck. I mean, that's what Abby and I do on the way to school. You know, we dance, we sing, we listen to music. I mean, I didn't, I never wanted to be, you know, cause I've been in car rides with that, like with just certain older men, whoever it may have been. A Old grand, guys. Yeah. Grandfather, or uncle. And, and, and the music is like on AM just mm-hmm. to where you can barely hear it and you can hear the blinker. Tick, tick, yeah. Tick, yeah. Tick, and, and it's, it's like just, Don Imus in the background. Yeah. Talking it's like, about Korea. It's or just something. this imminent <laughs> just this imminent boredom. Like you know that whatever you're gonna do, it's gonna suck. And so with her, you know, when we go to school and stuff, I try to rile her up because I mean, she's also a twelve year old girl. Twelve year old girls are they're on a roller coaster that they didn't buy a ticket for. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And the, and the, they just they don't know what to do. And that's partially why I started doing this kind of stuff. Like we talked earlier, one of the other reasons is, well, let me back up. So Abby and I were driving down the road one day, right? And um, it's two years ago because she just turned 12. And we were out by her house. And so there's a lot of, it's um, real rural. And uh, she was having a hard time. And we were talking about some stuff. And I just stopped and pulled over on the side of the road and we watched the sun go down over these trees. We were at the you know top of a hill. It was a great view. And, and we're talking. And, and she's telling me something. You know, I can't even remember what it was. 
And I finally just looked at her and I was like, look, man, you don't know how to be 10 years old and I don't know how to raise a 10 year old. So, I mean, we're both sucking together. Let's just get through this. Full disclosure. Yeah. I don't know what I'm doing. You don't know what you're doing. Let's go figure it out together. We're in it together. So, so what a great starting point. Cause isn't that, isn't that the, the parent child relationship in a nutshell, Brian? Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I don't know what I'm doing. You don't know what you're doing. Let's just, let's go feel it out together. And I think that's a, that is actually a fun place to be, you know, and as someone that really loves the spontaneity and improvisation that, that life offers and really taking advantage of that, um, you, you know, what a, what a special place to be with really children embody that very spirit of possibility of yes, of, of I can. And, uh, it's amazing how grownups and becoming a grownup kind of, uh, snuffs all that out, snuffs it out, you know? And, and, uh, I think one of the great tragedies is, um, like you're saying, um, kids not knowing how to be kids, grownups not knowing how to be grownups a lot of the time. Um, and, and case in point, you know, I, I think I'm the embodiment for that, that, um, that, that, uh, methodology. But, um, I, I think one of the great ironies of this glorious communications age that we reside in is people don't know how to communicate anymore. Not, not interpersonally, not with depth and with substance and on a very personal level. In other words, when your daughter and my daughter, when it's prom time here in a few years, I don't know if a young man's going to be able to walk up to them and say, hey, Grayson, you're beautiful. Um, Can I buy you a soda? Would you like to go to prom with me? I think it's going to have to be like something via Snapchat or like an emoji or something. An like e-bite. The, 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 will you go to prom with me? Instagram post with, with that person tagged. Grayson will be tagged on that post. Um, but, you know, it's almost the, the and, and this is coming from someone that's um, been divorced twice. Sure. Um, but, you know, I, I kid with my married friends often about, you know, this, this uh, uh, family circus type, little, little comic, little cartoon that is to a married couple lying in bed together and they're texting each other. They're snapping each other. They're sending each other Instagram messages because they don't know how to just turn, turn over, look at each other and talk. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. And it's a legacy we are unfortunately passing down to our children where, um, you know, this, this digital age we're in is truly, I mean, this, this it makes the Renaissance look like real ho-hum, but there's always a, a, you know, two sides to every coin. And, you know, the dark underbelly of, of this communications age is I, I really believe that people don't know how to communicate anymore. And, and I see it in grownups. I see it in kids. Um, so anywho, yeah. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> Good morning, sir. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Here we are with Mateo Marquez of Poser Kids Yoga, um, author, poet, warlord, entrepreneur, uh, yoga teacher, um, divorcee, dad, 
TCU graduate. Is that where you went to school? Yeah. Yeah. Long ago. Oh, I just turned 40 the other day. So I've, I've been going through that whole, I'm old, uh, thing here the last few weeks, but yeah, TCU long ago, class of 2000, um, grew up in Albuquerque and got recruited to play soccer here and kind of the rest is history. Been in the Dallas Fort Worth area for 20 years now. 22 yikes 22 years since 96 okay and uh, so i'm a texan whether i whether i like it or not i i think i've i've truly uh earned your my my my, my texas tenure has surpassed my time in uh, albuquerque new mexico growing up and i i think i'm a i'm officially a texan now y'all 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 you know i don't actually know anybody that says y'all yeah so anyway so the reason i had you on here is because uh well, you're an interesting guy, and I think that you have a good story to share. Yeah. And I think what you do with kids is is remarkable, I think. Thank showing you. them how to play, showing them how to be kids, showing them how to be mindful, and um, you know, just getting them into the practice of yoga. I don't see how that could harm a child. You know what I'm saying? It's, yeah. it's one of those things that like you're doing nothing but good as far as that goes. So why don't you tell me um, briefly about that or... Not so briefly, however you want to go about it. Just tell me what brought you to the point to where you wanted to do that. Yeah, yeah. You know, I I did the whole post-collegiate, go be a corporate guy, put on a tie. I did that all through my 20s, and I was really good at it and and made a lot of money and, and um, you know, built uh, this... Uh, success story, at least even in my own head or, or, uh, you know, aligned with sort of the, the, almost the, the cliche of what, what are you supposed to do after college? You know, I did the whole check in the boxes. Yeah. Get, get married too young, 22. There should be a state law that men should not be allowed to be married. Should be similar to like drinking laws or gambling or anything. There should be like a, an age requirement. I mean, you, you, there should be like 29 or something that like, um, you know, what, what, what do I, what did I know about life as a 22 year old, let alone making a life commitment? So, you know, they should at least check your credit score. At least they should at least something carded me something, but, um, you know, got married, did the whole move to Dallas thing. And yeah, just kind of the, the more I, you know, built this, this Rome, the, the more predestined it seemed to come crashing down, as it did. And I, I wrote this book really about the crash and, and not so much uh, the recovery, but really just kind of the almost just the how, shit do you, show. How, do you, how do you stand up? Let's start with just like how do you stand up in the middle of this smoking, chasmic abyss, you know, that, that we go through in life. We're constantly going through this cycle of fly, crash, burn, rise, fly again through work stuff, personal stuff, parenting stuff, etc. And and you know, I went I went through one that was pretty seismic and and was actually served divorce papers on the morning of my 30th birthday, which um my first ex-wife um found fairly humorous at the time. I, I did not. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I, I moved back to Fort Worth to be closer to my sister and, um, kind of start rebuilding. And my sister, as you know, because your wife worked for Kelsey at Lululemon, 
Um, my sister has, was a very, has always been a very well-respected yoga person in this community uh, here in Fort Worth, Texas, and, and just respected in every level. My sister's just a very special person. She's, um, she's pretty top-notch. Yeah, Kelsey's pretty unique. Um, and Kelsey started dragging me to yoga classes. And honestly, at first it was, you know, after me saying no a hundred times, like yoga is like the last thing in the world I want to do. And honestly, I'm probably the last person on the planet that would ever do yoga. And, um, she, she's like, well, you know, it's mostly women and, and, you know, they're in stretch pants and, you know, I was like, sure, I'll treat yoga. I'll try yoga. You know, it's, it's all about new, the pitch, newly divorced guy and whatever. And she, she took me to a Kundalini yoga class, which is very yoga, you know, and it's honestly, it's, you know, yoga people will appreciate this of all the first classes, first yoga class ever to go to Kundalini yoga is the, the last one that you should ever go to. And it, and it was, you know, she's got us parked in the front row and whatever. And I'm like, <laughs> wearing a, the class. Yeah, wearing a Gumby t-shirt and like, you know, whatever, like fish out of water totally. And, uh, you know, the teacher kept saying, you know, breathe through your groin. Everyone, close your eyes, breathe through your groin. And he kept saying this. And I was like snickering, trying to keep it together <laughs> in this first yoga class next to my sister, who's very revered in this yoga sure. community. And here's her older brother that like can't even keep it together because the guy keeps breathing saying, through, breathe your through dick. Your, breathe through your groin. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and I didn't even know what that meant. And I remember spending most of the class trying to actually figure out how to breathe through your groin in different ways. And anyways, by the end of the class, though, I felt really good. And as someone that um, has always uh, struggled with, I think like all humans, like, I, like, I want to feel good and seeking a lot of, uh, other ways, not the healthiest ways at times to, to feel good. I felt good and it was natural. It was, I didn't, I didn't consume any substances. I wasn't doing anything illegal. I just felt good. And I was there with my sister and it was a complete, disaster. The class, as far as my experience from like a yoga evaluation level, I was a train wreck. But you know what? I go take yoga classes still daily and I'm still a train wreck in yoga. And and I think I, I found something right from that first class that um, that was very different for me. And, and what has emerged in the seven years since or, or really evolved in so many ways through so much trial and error and failure. And honestly, I think failure and success, something I've, if there's anything I've learned in life are so hand in hand, you can't have one without the other. And I think yoga and Eastern philosophy in general does a better job of embracing reality. It's not all berries and unicorns all the time. And I think, um, you know, kid stuff is the worst at being very patronizing, very rose colored glasses, very, Hey, life's great. And whatever our kids are too smart for that, especially these kids these days, like Grayson and Abby. I mean, they're way too smart for that. Um, plus they have access to the truth 24 seven. They can go, they can go validate it on Google or, or Amazon or yeah. YouTube or ask Jake Paul what he thinks about it. And you know, who we, we met the other night, which was a really cool experience, but, sure. um, Jake Pollard's out there. Um, but, uh, you know, my place in yoga and what poser kids yoga and poser kids as an organization and a program has become is really kind of 
focusing on this yoga of life. You know, what, what, what are the poses that matter? I don't care, honestly, if a, if a child in one of our yoga classes or watching one of our videos on Prime, um, you know, uh, I don't care if they can touch their toes really well. You know, I want to know what's going to happen when someone pushes them over on the playground and they dust themselves off and stand back up. Then what? What are you going to do? You know, the poses that matter, you know, navigating through your life and the, the very poser sort of analogy is, is almost kind of tongue in cheek to to a group of people, the yoga, the yoga people, I always call them and always not as one of them, but, um, you know, the, the, I think yoga and, and a lot of the health and wellness community, we take ourselves a little too seriously as grownups in general. And, you know, um, I think like anything in the West, we kind of get a hold of something really good and kind of butcher it and Americanize it and mutilate it. And I think that's kind of what's happened in American yoga. And so I think what's refreshing about poser kids and, um, whether it's a, a book that your sister-in-law, uh, illustrates our, our poser kids book series, um, again, a video, a class, whatever, I hope the message that is received is how are you going to live your life? How are you going to live a better life? And if you know what, if breathing and learning to self-soothe in healthy, natural ways and learning some, some strategies and tactics, um, to, to, to navigate through life, hopefully then that child doesn't have to turn to all the other things that you and I have turned to, to try to get that feeling. Mm-hmm. It didn't work. It never stays. It never sticks. And, um, we're, we're, we're in a great danger right now as a society of completely losing a generation. I mean, the disconnect of losing yourself in this virtual reality and just an inability to really feel you know, people don't want to feel. I never wanted to feel. Um, you know, it's okay to feel your way through this stuff. Think as little as possible. And, you know, 95% of, of the world and Americans are still not yoga people. They're not wearing mala beads. They're not going to yoga class every day and talking Sanskrit and, you know, wearing their stretch pants and drinking kale smoothies or whatever, especially kids, you know, um, and, and so what we've become is, I think, really just a message of go, go try to live, lead a better life. And, and I think kids are great mirrors for grownups, sort of in their reflection. I think we see the best in ourselves as well. And I always tell anyone, you know, if you ever want to go feel better yourself, go, go spend some time with kids. You know, I mean, it's really become, I, I think... Uh, Everything I would, a convergence of everything that I am, everything I've ever done in my life um, has sort of come together in, in this poser kids uh, entity now. And it gives me, it's given me a great opportunity to truly do what I love, which is just be myself and help people. And myself is really kind of a large child, you know, and, and, um, being a kid is, is easy for me. Being with kids is easy for me. Um, the grownups still working on that, you know, <laughs> kids I get, um, grownups, not so well, still, still working on that one. But, but yeah, that's, so that's what poser kids has become. Um, all of our content and stuff is all on Amazon. 
And so we're really excited now as a, as an organization about, um, you know, taking those next steps and, and really, I've always wanted to reach as many people with this, with this message, with this flavor of how we make heartfulness, I really call it, because I think mindfulness is a misnomer, because as you know, um, as popular as that t term has become, and I think it's a fine term, but our brain is a lot of the problem. So I like to call it heartfulness, kind of heart first, leading with your heart. And I think heartfulness is a better word for what we teach to children and families um, and now have, have a vehicle through the Amazon platform to share that message really globally and instantaneously. Any child, anytime, anywhere can go to Amazon Prime, watch one of our videos, do some poses, get a simple message about, hey, go, go, go do something positive and, and good and help people. And, and that's the yoga that I hope, I hope people grasp and I hope people learn and practice uh, from us. Excellent. Where, where on Amazon can they find you? What's this under? Yeah, just poser kids, you know, okay. and, and, you know, we're on prime, the show's on prime video. We have actually a, a main show that's kind of like our Seinfeld, you know, me doing yoga with Pat Green or yoga Jyotis or doing down dogs with dogs. And, and we shot the whole first season here in Fort Worth. So there's a lot of cool people, places, things that, that people in the area will, I think, really appreciate, uh, our video content. We have books that are an adaptation, a children's book, great for early readers, um, that your sister-in-law, Suzanne Watson, illustrates that are adaptations of each of those main videos on Prime. Um, we have a lot of ancillary uh, content on YouTube. Um, and then we have music downloads on all the music platforms and our, our theme song, actually, when I go and teach this program to predominantly educators, school teachers, clinicians, um, counselors, etc. Um, our little theme song, that little theme song, Abby would come home whistling and he'd be like, stop, stop singing that boat. We make yoga poses. We're poser kids. If I hear that one more time, um, that's actually our yoga sequence embedded in a theme song, which, really? um, which makes it not only easier to teach, but easier to retain as a student. And it's really cool. You, you go to a poser kids thing where a three-year-old even that's taken our, one of our classes enough times, a couple times, they know the poses before we even call them. And so, um, I, I hate to use Bikram Chowdhury as a, as an example, cause he's literally one of the creepiest guys in, in not just yoga, but, but, you know, on earth, but, um, similar to, um, you know, you go, you take a Bikram class anywhere. It's the same 26 poses everywhere. And it's really contrary to not to just the essence of my being. That's like against everything I believe. Do do the same thing every time. Um, but I found that's what I crave in my own practice. I crave consistency, repetition, routine. Children time times a hundred. Children are creatures of routine and regimen, and especially whether they like it or not, we get them into that as the grownups in their lives. They crave um, it. And, and, and so it's, I think there are a lot of little neat things from a yoga standpoint, from a clinical integrity, from an early childhood integrity, and just a straight entertainment value that I think a lot of people underestimate because they just see this sp spiky haired guy in jeans and boots doing 
you know, yoga at the dentist and they're like, what, what does this have to do with yoga or anything? Who is, what is this? And, and I think the practice practicality of making this just yoga is how you live your life. I think it's a powerful message for children and grownups alike. And, and just very, um, feel very blessed despite, as you know, a you know, 40 years now of a lot of ups, downs and sideways, um, just feel very blessed to, to be in the position to share that message with people and, and have a, I feel like a vehicle now through one of the largest online platforms on the planet to, um, to share that with as many people as possible. So I'm excited about that, Ryan. Sure. Um, let's talk about that. Let's yeah, talk, yeah. let's talk about the ups, downs and the sideways yeah. that have brought you here. Sure. And, um, you know, cause I've known you for eight, eight years, seven years, something like that. And, you know, I've seen a lot of it. I mean, anybody that's knows you, that knows you has watched it. And um, one thing I can always say for you is, is you do always rise to the top. I mean, you don't stay down for long. And that's, that's, that's definitely respectable. I mean, a lot of guys would just go through some of the things you went through and just bail. Or, you know, just kind of just assume that it wasn't meant to be. But you, I mean, you stay persistent. Your message stays consistent. Um, that you're all about the kids and you're all about um, teaching them, you know, just the better way of living. And, sure. and so in doing that, has that changed the way that you live your life? Yeah. And, and also, I know with me, um, for instance, like this podcast, I started this because I want to help dads, uncles, stepbrother, you know, anybody that's in a, in a kid's life that, that has an influence on them. I want to help them um, learn ways to, to just help these kids become better, better children and not just be the kids that are sitting in the corner on their tablet that don't even know how to label an emotion or you know, or, and also there's those dads out there that, that go through hellacious events that go through divorces that get just completely beat down with, uh, in child support cases and, and possessions and, and they, and they don't know how to do those things. Um, those are some of the catalysts. Those are some of the things that, that brought me to this. And so what I would want to know is, is, um, how have all of those things shaped you to where it, it brings you to where you are today? And, and did you did you get into this realm kind of also to help yourself? Like if I, because I honestly, like with this, I know I'm a knucklehead. So if I surround myself with enough of these guys that have the experience on how, how to be better fathers and better dads, then I'll absorb some of that. You know, at the end of the day, I think if you were to ask me one thing, what, what are you teaching children? What, what does poser kids do? I, I would not probably give the answer that you would expect. We teach kids yoga. You know, we're teaching kids yoga poses. Um, what we're teaching is acceptance. Um, we have a little mantra, a little pledge we do at the beginning. Every video, every class, everything poser kids we do that I wanted something very agnostic that was like a set of core values, uh, you know, pillars to really fall back on that any, any child, anytime, anywhere could truly identify with was very inclusive. and was very much about acceptance and, and real acceptance from the inside out, starting with yourself. Um, it's, I promise to listen. I promise to be respectful, to do my best and to have fun. Simple 
four simple tenets that are not just a great way to manage the chaos of a 30-minute stretch class with four- and five-year-olds, but it's a great way to live your life. I wanted something sure. like one of my one of my friends and, and favorite authors, Don Miguel Ruiz, has a book called The Four Agreements. And, you know, he's got these four agreements, be impeccable with your word, don't make assumptions, don't think to take things personally, and always do your best. I wanted something similar to that that was simple, that kids could get their minds around, that was just, hey, what is the yoga then that we're teaching is how do you listen, be respectful, do your best and have fun practicing in that class. But then how do you go take that into your lives, kid? And oh, by the way, grownups. <laughs> and oh, by the way, me as your teacher, I'm working on this every day, same as you are. I'm real about that. I'm not some guru. I haven't figured any of this stuff out yet myself either. I'm right there with you. And so I think, how has it changed my life? It, it's become my life, you know? And, and as you know, I've struggled in the past with my own ego, my own narcissism, my own uh, alcoholism, um, my own personality flaws and defects and neuroses. Um, I have succumbed to those things in the past. And, and I've had to pose my way through a lot of crazy stuff, hard stuff, difficult stuff that makes, you know, holding your leg up in a certain way for a few minutes in a, in a sweaty room seems simple. Um, here's a pose. What happens when you're in the middle of divorce number two and you're holding your stillborn son in your arms, looks just like you. And you had to, uh, go through hoops to even get to meet the kid because of the nature of the divorce proceedings you're in. That was a tough pose. That was one of the hardest poses I ever did. Um, and, and something that I've drawn a lot of parallel to the recovery world, um, you know, in what will be five years of not drinking uh, coming up here this September that I'm, I am very proud of just in, in how I've uh, been able to maintain my, uh, my sobriety. You should be. Um, and uh, something that is a real core tenet of, you know, recovery circles is acceptance as well. You know, starting with yourself. And um, I think at the end of the day, there's two things that any of us can control. And ironically, it's, it's an A and an A. Uh, this is not an AA uh, endorsement, but they ironically are an A and an A. And, and um, I, I, I think our, our attitudes and our actions at the end of the day are the only two things any of us can control. And we spend our lives obsessing about all the other things and trying to control them. And you know what? We try the most to control other people in our lives. And I've been as guilty as this as anybody. Um, and I think, you know, letting go of that is powerful. I think a lot of what my practice, and again, more than what I do for, you know, 60 minutes in a sweaty room when I go take a grown-up yoga class somewhere, my practice of just navigating through life has become about acceptance and has become really about dominating my attitude and my actions and just focusing on those two things and just like dominating them. 
literally dominating those two areas of my life. Everything else I've, I've grown to accept. I've grown to accept my son passing away um, as hard as that was. And, and another brutal divorce that, that I, I was not a fan of a lot of the things that happened, if not all of the things that happened during that. And I could be a real angry, resentful guy. You know what I was doing while jumping through court appearances and talking to lawyers and stuff? We'd go film a Poser Kids video. Or I'd go do an assembly the morning after my son passed away, Eli, uh, who would have been two uh, last weekend. The morning after, I went and did six assemblies at six of the most poverty-stricken public elementary schools in all of Fort Worth. And I, I remember doing it with the, the junior league, and, and my own, I remember my own people are like, you're nuts. You need to, like, stay home today. And to me... To this day, in seven years of, of yoga stuff and poser stuff and what's become this, this poser kids program and, and hopefully way of being, um, uh, one of my proudest moments was, was getting to walk the talk that day. And, and um, one of my biggest beefs with the world if you will, these days it is much of an old guy is that kids these days, you know, and, uh, as old as that makes me sound. Um, I think one of the great ironies of the communication age is that no one knows how to communicate anymore. And I think that people don't want to feel. And I think that everyone has a, a, a platform to say stuff. Very few people do anything. There's not a lot of doing these days. And, um, you know, so, so I, I, you know, yeah, I've, I've had, I mean, man, we, how much time do we have? I mean, you, you'll have to corral me a little bit more if you want to talk about some specific, um, specific, you know, seismic events. I've written books about a couple of them, but you know, I, I think that that's just life, Yeah. you know, and, and if there's any <clears throat> gift that we can give children is I think transparency, honesty, some of these things that we struggle with more than anything, just as, as grownups even, especially with ourselves. Mm -hmm. And I think it's very liberating and, and even in embracing some of the vulnerability and some of the uh, ugliness of that. I think there's, there's just a great peace and a great beauty with being real about it. You know, if some people in this town probably want to hit me with their car when they see me out crossing Hewland. But, you know, there's a lot of people, too, that will stop, roll down the window. Their kids will hop out. We'll do a little pose together that will show up on Instagram. Right. And, and I give them a hug, you know. And it's sure. so you, you, you got you to gotta be ready for, for a little of both. But, yeah, I think failure and success go hand in hand. I've failed more than about any now 40-year-old male that I know in every way possible, personally and professionally. But I've also done a lot of things. Um, and hopefully more than just doing have, have become something. Um, you asked me, how has this changed the way I live my life? It, it is my life. And, and making it where this, this character of Mr. Mateo, um, you know, sort of this neo Mr. Rogers uh, meets Seinfeld with a, with a, you know, with a YouTube account kind of thing. Um, you know, blurring that line where it's the same man. That's just who I am. That that took me a while to get there because it would be, oh, this guy's doing kids yoga, family yoga class at in Trinity Park on 
on uh, Saturday morning. That guy was hammered at Fred's last night. Right. You know, and and um, really getting to the point where I was not cannibalizing the work I was doing. And I, and I still, you know, I still, you and I talked about a little bit about this this morning. I still, perception is reality mm-hmm. and it's propagated even more so by the digital world we live in that is so superficial and about appearances and really lacks substance. I think a lot of people just see me or poser kids or whatever in this 40 year old spiky haired skunk patch guy doing yoga poses, like, you know, at T. Garcia's with boots on and jeans, and it doesn't look like what children's stuff or yoga stuff should look like. If if you get a little deeper, it's pretty, pretty, pretty clever, pretty sharp, pretty powerful stuff we're doing. And I, I don't know, you tell me, your daughter has been to <laughs> as much poser stuff as anybody. She's kind of grown beyond our preschool, elementary age, kind of that early childhood. She's now graduated, you know, into something else. My, my hope with poser kids is not that we corral them into yoga or quinoa eating or any of any specific, you know, life path, but they're just that we teach them to value listening, being respectful, doing your best and having fun in life. If that if that's yoga, if that's CrossFit, if that's bar, if that's taking walks. If it's fitness is even only a small part of it, the physical fitness, great. Hopefully you've graduated on to some, you know, better place as a result of being immersed in our program that values to me what, what is the good stuff of life. Did you, did you just say quinoa? Whatever it's my daughter eats that stuff. Quinoa, quinoa, yeah, quinoa. But that's, but that's, but that's. So, so that I was just making sure I heard that right. But but that is the very (laughs) essence. So I'm not, I'm not one of those hardcore yoga people. But I think that's what's always been my opportunity in the yoga space, in the wellness space, working with children, working with families. Is I think someone like you. That is just, and I, and I say that endearingly. That's just like, I mean, you're not wearing Lululemon stuff and some tank top right now and re- ready to go skip out and go to like a smart bar class right now or whatever. You're, you're just a dude with a beard and tats and whatever. Hopefully, you may get aboard with, you know what, if I'm going to do yoga with my daughter, I'll do it in the living room on Amazon. And I'll do yoga with Pat Green sounds kind of interesting to me, you know, and, and, uh, so I don't know. I, I mean, as Abby was immersed in the, in the poser kids program through camps and, and classes and, um, has, has any of that stuck with her? Yeah, I can see, you know, but also she's 12 and sure. she's super ADD and things change, you know? So when she was in that, when she was in that space, I could yeah. most certainly see the trend, the, um, how it would transfer over. And she has a wooden rooster that I gave her. And she as a does, gift, right? Okay. And she loves it. Yeah. It's missing a wing, isn't it? Isn't it like a wingless? I think so. Or it's missing a leg or something. There, there, I, I know that it's it's um, type of amputee rooster. It's away with the elf. The okay. elf on a shelf. It's, they come out together. And so, um, but I know, like with Abby, you were talking about the attitudes and actions. Yeah. The one thing that I constantly tell her all the time is, um, for one, it's none of our business what other people think of us. Hmm. You know, and there is absolutely nothing you can do to control what other people do. You can only control how you react to it. Sure. And you're responsible for your actions. 
you know, I've, I've got a, a mantra that I, that I made for her and I printed it out and it's, um, now I'm, I'm in control of my feelings, my thoughts and my actions. I'm beautiful. I'm kind. I'm enough. And it's printed out and it's, it's on the wall here and it's on the wall at her mom's house because I want her to continue to, to hear those things. And, you know, she's, she's a great kid. I mean, she's sweet and fun. She, she has trouble with her peers because it's just that relating, but like other kids, like smaller kids, she's great with adults. She's great with, um, but she's, um, you know, as at 12, it's hard. It's, I was never a 12 year old girl, but I do know that now I can see it being a 12 year old little girl is difficult. There's a lot of stuff she's going through. And so I'm constantly trying to remind her, to teach her, to, to show her, um, how to gracefully kind of navigate through feelings, thoughts, and emotions Mm -hmm. with your actions. Like if you're angry, if you're, uh, if you're upset, if you're scared, if you're fearful, you know, I was always taught kids display anger for emotions they don't have words for, Mm -hmm. I think is, I think is what it was. And so grownups do the same thing. Oh yeah. (laughs) I mean, you can see it with grown men. Absolutely. Like they get mad, they get frustrated, they get embarrassed and they start getting angry. You know, I see it with women more often, but I think I provoke that. But yes, I agree. That that, that might be. And you know, that's another thing I was going to say is like, you know, you and I are both polarizing um, characters. Like I I never really even knew what that meant until my wife um, informed me that I was a polarizing guy. And, you know, I mean, it's, it's either people are going to love you or hate you. Nobody, nobody, you bring up Mateo or, you know, Ryan, and if they know us, nobody's going to have a, meh, it's either going to be like, oh man, I love that guy or that fucking guy. You know, but it's funny you say that because my own mother, like to this day, will say that, you know, people love my son or they hate him, you know, and she's, she's like, there's no middle ground. And you know what? I, I think there's some saying, you know, as we're always throwing out these sayings, um, um, you know, like he, he who has no enemies is likely to be in the same regard to friends. And, you know, and I think you've, you've got to, it was the old George Strait song. You got to stand for something or you fall for anything. Um, Clint Black, I, I think George Strait, I, uh, but, uh, I get my, my country Western mixed up every now and then, but I, I do think that, um, you know, the, 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 while I've learned to appreciate that most of life is in gray areas, you know, absolutely not just 50 shades. Um, but you know, I'm a big deadhead and, you know, it's like the, the song touch of gray, you know, every, every silver lining has got a touch of gray. And I, I think more and more you can, it's, it's, again, it's a slippery slope. I think there's a lot of people that are just this, this moderacy, this like wishy-washiness of nobody wanting to pick a side has just, it's just become an, a pandemic. It's just like how people roll, you know, not just in their political leanings, but in everything, you know, nobody wants to put themselves out there. And I think what, what you find in, it's not an extremism or an absolutism. It's quite the opposite. It's just more, it's again, it's an acceptance of the good, the bad, the black, the white, the, you know, the, the wholeness of things that is very yogic. Um, and I think at the end of the day, it, a lot of it boils down to managing reactivity. You know, if you think about it, where we exist in this digital age that really our, our, our phones are like these, these leashes that we're on. And one of the great, one of the great um, ironically, as I mentioned that, one of the great takeaways 
and cathartic moments of, of spending a month in rehab where, where I quit drinking um, was you also have no digital connect to the world and just the catharsis of coming out a month later and of like a bajillion Facebooks and texts and voicemails and whatever, like two were important, <laughs> you know, two Matt, two were really even anything I needed to attend to after a month. I remember being like, dear God, you know, his Facebook was king at the time. What are, what are people going to do without the daily, like, here's Mateo, like eating a piece of bread post, <laughs> like people are going to die, you know, just my ego, my narcissism, you know, and, and that side of me that still exists. I don't try to let it pop up as much, but there's this myth that people change. People don't change. You are what you are. What changes are your attitudes and your actions. That's it. Um, I'm still the same person I was when I was five, when I was 25, when I was 35. But it's just choosing which part of that, you know, yin, yang, black, white, which part of that are you going to suppose? I still am an egotist in a lot of ways. I still am a narcissist. I still am a, a drunk at my worst. But at my best, I'm quite the converse of all those things. And I, I choose this gift, wonderful gift of choice that all humans have. It's one of our greatest gifts, God-given gifts, that I choose to go right instead of left a lot. Usually I go left, but, you know, that's just how, but I think what we're talking about, a lot of this is managing reactivity. And my mentor, my yoga mentor, one of my, has become one of my really good friends, a guy named Brian Kest, who's in Santa Monica. And, you know, he, he always talks about this, this world of reactivity, constantly responding to all the dings and buzzes and tweets and texts and whatever. We're constantly reacting and for people like, not just me, as a ADD, impulsive, compulsive, you know, manic personality type, sounds like Abby is similar to that in a lot of ways. You know, she's managing that same reactivity as well. And kids don't always do what we say. In fact, more and more, my daughter doesn't do what I say, but they do what we do. Absolutely. Almost always. And so it's like modeling the way. And I think for dads, the parental thing is a learned skill. Uh, I think maternal instinct. I mean, my daughter, since she's been like six months old, has 12 months old, whatever, with their, you know, little girls are putting them playing mom and they're dressing up the babies. And the maternal instinct is very natural. You know, I know seven year olds that know what they want to wear for their wedding. Uh, who they're going to marry, where it's going to be, I'm, I'm our, you know, what their kids are going to be named. They're seven. And they're telling me this in a yoga class. Boys don't do that. Boys don't do that. Boys, men were programmed to hunt and gather and provide and be tough. And protect. And protect and have no feelings or emotions or at least not show any kind of vulnerability or humanity a lot of the time. We're taught that. We're taught that. We're modeled that by society or, you know, whatever the whatever that is. And I think men... You don't have any seven-year-olds out there telling their G.I. Joes to get a job and go to college. No, and, <laughs> no. You got to be your rinse due, yeah. you know, G.I. Joe. Get up, you bum. Yeah, get up. <laughs> go work. Um, so we're, we're wired differently. But I think that um, becoming a parent for a man, for a male, is perhaps one of the 
most life-changing, if not the most life-altering event that I've experienced myself. And and Absolutely. we were talking as both as girl dads. Yeah. In particular, nothing nothing wrong with with the boy dads out there, um, but there is a in particular for a guy like me that has spent the better part of my life trying to figure out the opposite sex, trying to figure out females to be given almost a, a little mentor that now in 10 <laughs> years has kind of slowly piece by piece is teaching me how to treat women, mm-hmm. how to talk to women, how to respect women, how to interact with women, how to be honest with women. Um, I'm learning that from a 10 year old. I absolutely agree, man, because you know, with it, thank know, God, right. <laughs> but you know, whatever guy you are is typically the guy that she's going to marry. So you need to emulate the type of man that you want to be your son-in-law or your daughter-in-law. I mean, whatever, you know, I mean, you, you know, whether she marries a man or a woman, you want that type of person. You want to be the type of person that you would want to see as her spouse. Those, those qualities you have, those, um, just whatever the attributes they are, you know, like that's a hard thing. I know a lot of guys that think they can slip by with that and they do some shady shit and it's like, would you hand your phone to your daughter and let her just flip through? You know, I mean, there's some stuff between my wife and I that I wouldn't want her to see, obviously. Sure. But, but you know, um, I have to be re- very careful at what I look at, what kind of um, things I'm I'm um, involved in. You know, like what's on my feed, because even even you know certain pages that you like, like if you liked a page, you know, whatever it may be three years ago and you forgot about it and it pops back up on your feed sure. and she sees it, she's going to think that that's, that's okay in your eyes and that kind of stuff. I mean, you know, for a daughter, that's, that's super important. I think as men is that we need to be, we need to kind of step it up to with, with how we are. And, you know, they talk about chivalry and things like that are dead, but I, I disagree. I think that, that, that they're not required as often. So for my daughter and my wife, you know, it's the things like opening the door. Absolutely. And, um, and it's cool you said that because I, I was just writing down, talking about opening doors. You know, my, my first ex-wife who, you know, you, you would, either of my ex-wives would probably, you know, not right off the bat would be necessarily singing all my wonderful praises unprompted, like, like many ex-spouses. That's, you know, the nature of the beast. That's, that's not an indictment on, on me nor them, but... Um, it's the reason they're your exes. There you go. I know the first one still comments to my daughter about how I open doors and how she misses that, you know, and, and little thing, like I always open my door from, open the door for my daughter. And I see people that don't like, I'll see some dude like on a date yes. with some great looking female and I'm like, they don't open doors. It bugs me to the point where I like, I want to go over there. Not just cause it's a great looking female that, Hey, come over and I'll open your door. my car. I'll yeah. open the door. But, um, there's a little part of it, but, um, you know, it really irks me. And I think just basic manners, something I see that is, um, really. And, and it's, you know, it's like, there's, there's no, there's no bad kids. There are some, some parents that, that need some, some work. And that kind of shows up sometimes I think with the, with the temperament or the behaviors of the, the children, but, um, basic manners, please. Thank you. Yes, sir. yes, ma'am. Yeah. Yes, sir. Um, look people in the eye, learn how to shake a hand. Look people in the eye and you, and you said something about, you know, how it, and how it's, you know, you, you kind of are attracted to, 
someone not in like an Oedipal complex kind of way, but like as a man, we are drawn to people that kind of remind us of our mothers. And as a, as a lady, we're drawn to people that kind of remind us of our dads. That used to scare the crap out of me. If you would have told me that, I would have been like, dear God, the thought of Grayson ended up with, with someone like me, scared the crap out of me. Now, Good. honestly, I would love that. I would love it. If Grayson ended up with someone like me, I would love it. And I can honestly tell you that doesn't scare the crap out of me. I hope she ends up with someone like me. And that's been a real transition. The, the, the self-loathing, the self-deprecation, the um, not liking myself, not accepting myself, despite a massive facade that you've seen at its, at its worst of just this big, boisterous, confident, whatever, that, that frailty and vulnerability and insecurity that I've also never shied away from sharing with people. Um, I think at the end of the day, um, for whatever's wrong with me or whatever work I continue to need to, to have in my personal life and then can model through my own experiences and my own behaviors for people like starting with my daughter first and foremost, um, you know, being, uh, transparent about that. And, and I found that when you put out there, oh, Hey, I'm, I, I haven't, I used to drink a ton and I don't anymore. I used to, you, you hear, I'd still cuss like a sailor. I haven't said a single bad word on this whole podcast yet, which it's okay. And you have, and then that's okay. But I'm just saying like, that's a big deal for me. That's some work. Oh my gosh, oh my gatos, as Eduardo Carroccio, our character from PKY TV News, that I actually based on Triumph, the insult comic dog that you can watch on the Poser Pulse. And he does a lot of feet on the street interviews, asking kids about meditation or breathing or things like that. Eduardo is great. But this um, fucking guy, but yeah, you know, just, just something little like that or something little like being able to tell my daughter and talk with her openly and honestly about, about drinking yeah, or about some of these things that, you know, it, it becomes ingratiating. You put yourself out there. Hey, I've done this. I've done that. Here's Instagram post about this. And sure. You're going to alienate a few people. You're going to really turn a few people off, but it, I think it's always, to me, it's a no brainer because it's worth it for the people that it, it really ingratiates. You know what? I, I, I drank too much. I'd love to stop. I am not honest with my wife. I'm unfaithful. I'm, you know, work obsessed and, and my family, my wife and my kids suffer. Um, you know, I, I like to, um, there, there's nothing more gratifying for me to the point where I've given away so many books and yoga classes and time and whatever over the past decade. I don't need a medal for that. I'm not looking for, you know, compensation for that or anything, but, um, there is nothing more, more rewarding for me on a personal level than to see how you've reached someone, you've connected with someone, that connection that you talk about that people struggle with, finding their connection, finding their ability to relate. And if there's something that I do hear over and over again, a lot of times, even from people that they, they may not even like me personally, necessarily, but they respect they respect, I think, the transparency and the, and the realness of it. I don't pretend to be something that I'm not, which is some chiseled, 
you know, and, you know, a, a transcendent guru of how to, you know, live this perfect life. First of all, that's a myth. And second of all, I would be the last person on the planet that you would want to pick for a spokesperson for that. If you want to, you want to talk to someone about how to not like jump off the top of, of the bass hall, um, how to pose your way through some icky stuff and, and breathe and, and, and meditate or, or, um, come to a place of acceptance with, with who you are and where you are as a, as a husband, as a father, as an ex husband, as a, as a, uh, just a person. Um, I'd love to talk with, with you about that. Cause I, and, and, and it's more real and it's why through, um, you know, the ups and downs and sideways, you know, it, it's interesting. You, you see different sets of people on the way up and the, and on the way down. Mm-hmm. And I've been something of a roller coaster. I'm working on, on that. I'd love to be more like my sister, very, very equilibrium, very yoga, right? Very, very balanced. Um, and I think as much as anything, you know, this balance, this life balance is a myth. It's really how do we best manage the imbalance um, that, that is inevitable. And I, I feel like, um, you know, something that... Uh, Something that that I do um, uh, enjoy uh, uh, is is the opportunity to um, have real conversations with people that that you know you you see the, the the real people in your life as you audit through change in life and you get down after a while to like you know a handful of people that are really kind of your your people your core people. And, um, you know, it's fascinating to see, you know, the, how quickly people gravitate towards you when you're on the way up, when you're hot, when you're whatever, when <laughs> yeah. you're, you know, when you're down there, when you're, you know, a lot of, a lot of those people go away, you know, a lot of those people aren't there anymore. And, and the ones that are there both ways, I encourage anyone, keep those people in your life and, and to the point of like, like, like diligent impunity, like boot anyone else from your life. Because I think we, we give so much power to people, places, and things in, in our lives that, um, we cede control of our own lives and, and we propagate this myth that, you know, it looks good on Instagram, but I'm miserable on the inside. And I see that a lot with people, you know, I mean, that, that, um, what's that deal? I hope your life's, my prayer for you is that your life's as good as it appears to be on Instagram. Yeah, I um, love that. But, you know, you talked about self-talk and things like that. And, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I think self-talk is, is, is incredibly important because whatever we tell ourselves eventually is going to start coming out. And then mm-hmm. once it starts coming out, your, your children are going to see that. And then they're going to, you know, if, if you do something dumb and, and your response is goddamn stupid son of a bitch and your kid hears that, then eventually she's going to start doing those, yep. those behaviors. And so I think as men, um, and I think as parents, you know, it's, it's our responsibility to, to, um, to make sure that we are constantly trying to improve our emotional well-being sure. and our awareness. And I know a lot of people that hide from that, you know, um, you know, my, my least, the least of my concerns, there are immense physical benefits to stretching or yoga or any of these, you know, all these 
trendy workouts. They're all basically, if you really look at them, they're all kind of the same. I know you're a big CrossFit guy. I mean, a burpee and a, and a up dog kind of motion, they're kind of the, kind of the same thing, you know? So I, I kind of try to look for the similarities in those things. And, and, um, honestly, I, the yoga, the, the real, you know, the real work is, you know, just trying to figure all this stuff out. You right know? How do you figure it out? And, and, and it's the physicality is the least of my concerns. Kids are very physical and moving around and whatever. If emotional, we're doing, if we are doing yeah, our jobs, absolutely emotional, mental and spiritual well-being that, that are just, you know, the source of most of our health issues, honestly, is stress that, mm-hmm. that become that manifest eventually as physical ailments start as emotional, mental and, and spiritual, you know, I mean, hey, straight from the big book, right, as spiritual malady mm-hmm. um, that, that is at the core of all this stuff. And, and honestly, um, you know, I, I don't really care about, you know, the, the, the physical benefits so much as the emotional, the mental um, those are the parts of my own life, <laughs> my own, my yoga. I mean, I'm, I'm a pretty physically fit guy for 40. I feel like I'm in as good of physical shape as I've ever been in my life, but I'm also in the best mental, emotional, and spiritual place that I've ever been. And honestly, that's in the throes of some not still very adverse, uh, circumstance. Sure. You know, that, that not all of which is self-created like it used to be. And, and coming to that place of acceptance and coming to the place where I value my mental and emotional and even spiritual health. Although I have to be careful when I talk about spirituality, I've, I've done a lot to make the poser kids program very agnostic and very secular, but but, um, you know, at the end of the day, stuff like when we talk about acceptance and some of these really core principles, that, that's a spirituality. It's a being part of something bigger than yourselves. And I think in this me first world and kids are the ultimate selfish beings. God bless them. That's just how they're wired. They have to be. To, to be, to, to value this thing holistically, this collective, this being a part of something bigger than yourself. Hey, what a, what a great gift we can give our kids as fathers. Um, I think it's as simple as just, you know, be honest. I mean, if there's anything that breaks my daughter's heart, it's when I lie to her. Same way used to break her mother's heart. Yeah. You know, when I'm honest with her, I really feel like at this point, there's nothing I can tell my 10 going on 14 year old daughter that is going to break her heart. It's when I don't tell her or even worse when she busts me. In, yeah. in, a, in just a straight lie, you know, and, and it's just that honesty with yourself first and then on the outside. And I think being a dad is probably the greatest thing that's ever happened to me and has um, empowered as much for the opportunity for me to change myself in the only two ways that any of us can change, change attitudes and behaviors attitudes and actions, those two A words we talked about earlier, Ryan. And it's, that's the yoga, that's the practice. And you know what, I'm, I'm even this for 60 minutes, whether it was try to go through this yoga class you and I just had and 
not say anything with an F word in front of it or, you know, try to be here on time for you or, you know, whatever. I didn't it, set that goal. It's, it's <laughs> Obviously. The, that's the, that's the practice, right? And yeah. being a poser, you know, at the end of the day, the poses, the yoga, how are you going to, how are you going to live your life and, and try to be the best person you can be? Absolutely. I think, um, you know, and, and you talk about transparency and just being honest with your kids, that's one thing that you can do to, to ins- I would think to ensure that they're always going to come to you and feel like that they can be vulnerable and open and honest to themselves. Like emotionally, I, I, I don't bring my daughter through. There's certain things that a, that a child just can't grasp, you know, before 12 years old, sure. I think. Um, I don't take her through I, any of the emotional up, ups and downs of life, of life but I'm, I'm pretty, I, I, I mean, I kick her the straight deal as much as I can. And I think that she appreciates that because when she talks to me, she talks to me very real. You know, I don't talk to her necessarily like a child. I talk to her like my friend or like someone that I'm, 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 you know, confiding in, yeah. and and that's that's strengthened our relationship. And, and vulnerability scares the crap out of most people, and tons and ev- of people, yeah. And everything we do in life, I I really believe we do every even the the most minute little little actions. Everything we do in our life is out of love or out of fear. It's out of one of those two emotions, and um, I think that. There's great fear in vulnerability, the fear of getting hurt, the fear of being exposed, the fear of, hey, I mean, there's a lot of fear in something you and I maybe talk about in the next 60 minutes. You know, who knows what the repercussions of that might be, good or bad. Losing something or gaining something, yeah. but, But you put yourself out there and vulnerability to me is the only path to true intimacy with with yourself and with other humans and i think it's why we have a lot of really messed up relationship human relationships out there <laughs> as grown-ups but also our relationships with our kids and and the the children in our lives um because we're so afraid to fail or to get hurt that we don't we put ourselves out there in a real and honest way and i i think that vulnerability is a is a really uh special uh uh, mechanism for for finding some of these these good things in life and um, you know truly living uh, fearlessly and uh, you know what, what kids are fearless you know and and something happens as as um, you know they grow up and and I think they see how we handle fear in our lives as grown-ups is is really and and then the how we model that for our kids one of the most important important things we do as parents. Absolutely. Well, right on. Well, uh, thanks. You've uh, I've seen that you give a lot away. I yeah. see that you give away books and and mats and shirts. And you brought Abby, you brought Rooster a shirt and a sticker, and I know yeah. that she's going to love that. Well, and good. I know that you've had you have camps that go on during the summer, correct? Yes. And well, you know we're not doing them anymore. Um, we did camps for five years, and this is the and I've had a, a lot of. Parents, you know, our poser camp was so much like uh, it's like South by Southwest for kids, and it was just such a, it was such an undertaking that I think it's it it was it was just you know it was just time to focus on some of these things like getting you know getting the videos up on Amazon Prime sure. and and just some other things. But I'll be every Friday um, this summer, starting June eighth at ten thirty. I will personally lead a free family class at the new shops at Clear Fork. Okay. Um, we're at Panther Island Pavilion a couple times, um, I think towards the end of the summer. And, um, you know, we have a big uh, educator training in Manitou Springs, Colorado, June 18th to 21st that um, is, a, is a retreat, but it's a teacher training. So 
um, chance for people to come learn our program and hopefully share this with their students or, or kiddos, wherever they might be. And uh, again, always can go find us and, and watch our, our show. And um, that's on Prime Video. And, and we're, we're really excited about that opportunity to, you know, any, any, any child, anytime, anywhere can, can flick on the flick on Amazon and Mr. Mateo can be in your, in your living room doing poses with you. And we, we go on some, some pretty fun adventures, but always, you know, with a message that, that, you know, we've, we've shared and talked about today. Where can they find your books and merchandise? Yeah. So, um, also on Amazon, really every, all things poser kids on Amazon. We've got a neat, uh, we've got a neat cover. I met an 11 year old girl in Pittsburgh at the airport when I, I, I was coming back from a, a visit, I got to visit the Fred Rogers Center at St. Vincent's University in Latrobe. It was a really neat opportunity to kind of like a pilgrimage of, to Mecca for, for me of this, to, you know, this childhood hero of mine, someone that fair, fairly or not, I, I at least draw comparisons to it at times. Um, and I met a girl named Sheila Williamson from Fort Myers, Florida, and I can't help myself. You know, I saw a, a kiddo with a little ukulele and we got to talking and now fast forward about a month later um this week we have a a cover she did on ukulele and mandolin 11 year old girl super talented um uh that is our theme song that that'll be on itunes and all the music platforms and we're we're pretty our content is pretty available out there um it's all on amazon we've got uh these neat little yoga socks too that uh uh vinyasaks we're gonna call them but uh they they they're like the little little trendy little socks you know like the designer socks everybody's wearing but they have these little dots on the bottom so you can kind of like Grip. stick when you do your poses and a lot of a lot of kids practice I, I practice now and teach a lot of these classes classes with socks on you know and so um yeah we got cool stuff out there and um you know, I still live here in, in funky town. So, um, you know, we, we always, uh, we always try to have a, a strong presence here locally. And and that's been all the way back to, you know, me showing up at the six boys and girls clubs here in, in Fort Worth about seven years ago and saying, Hey, can I, can I do yoga with your, your kiddos? And, and here we are today. So it's, it's been neat to see that. And, um, I really appreciate you having us on, and I think that uh, again, any any uh, any any anyone that uh, is a dad um, knows that you know it's just a, what a what a special uh, special thing to be. That's, that's kind of my favorite thing to be. So, um, thanks for having me on. I know you feel likewise. Excellent. I appreciate it, Mateo, and thank you so much. And then also, where can they contact you? Yeah, just uh, info at poserkids.com. Or if you want to reach me directly, Mateo, M-A-T-E-O, at poserkids. And uh, just want to give a shout out to Ashley Graybill, who is like, Poser Kids got down to a point there where it was like me and Renee, you know, Renee Zellweger and like the pink and purple fish, you know, and like the mission statement. It was very Jerry Maguire-ish and Ashley was Renee's character and has just literally, she's, she's one of the 
people that, that like a lot of really neat people that have become involved with poser kids at different times, just, just believes in, in what we're doing and how we're doing it most importantly. And I just wanted to really give Ashley a shout out because she's really embodies the spirit of a lot of people like yourself and your wife and your daughter and, um, my sister and so many wonderful people in Fort Worth and in the surrounding area that have, um, just as we, you know, we've given a lot, I think have given a lot back and, and we've always been very appreciative of that. And, um, you know, we, uh, you work, we, we, I get around like Tupac, so I'll, uh, I'll be doing my thing, but we'd love for any, anyone that wants to come try out some classes this summer, we will be out at the shops at Clear Fork, kind of a, a standing weekly family class starting June 8th, 1030 and shops at Clear Fork. So just a super neat new new addition to Fort Worth. We have a Neiman's now. So uh, God bless America. But um, yeah, thanks for having me on. Right on. Thank you, sir. Fellas, thank you so much for tuning in. Please subscribe. Please share with your friends. Uh, thank you so much for listening to the Circle of Dads podcast. You know, it's our job to be there. It's our job to guide them. Love runs downhill. We chase those kids till the day we die. Thanks.